Hey everybody, welcome to my top 20 most anticipated games for Gen Con 2019. If you're listening to this on the drive through FM podcast, don't adjust your dial. I'm actually recording this as a video, but then it's just going to export the audio for the podcast. So no worries, you don't have to watch it on YouTube if you don't want. I have had some folks say, I kind of miss the board game blog thing because I like kind of seeing you talk. So, which kind of makes sense because I think I can be a little bit more expressive uh, on video than just audio. So, but we're going to drop it out on the audio and the video for this. And I haven't done an audio podcast this month. So, as I was going through the uh, games on the Board Game Geek Geek list for Gen Con, I've just been kind of clicking, you know, the ones that I want to check out. And I ended up exactly with 20. Uh, this is about a week prior to Gen Con was when I'm recording this. And then I somehow magically had exactly 10 games that are going to be for sale and 10 games that are just going to be for demo. So I'm going to kind of break this list up into two top 10s. And they're just in alphabetical order. There's no like order to the one I'm most anticipating because I really don't know much about the games. Uh, so I know more about some and less about others and so on. Uh, before we jump into the first, I'm going to do the top 10 uh, of the games that are going to be for demo, and then I'll do the top 10 of those that are actually be there and be for sale. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping for my podcast folks. If you don't want to listen to this, you can click the timestamp below and jump right to uh, either of the top 10 lists. Uh, but if you haven't had a chance to uh, watch any of my recent video reviews, I reviewed Jaws, love that. I reviewed Slide Quest, loved that as well. And I also reviewed Undaunted Normandy, a World War II uh, deck building game. Also really enjoyed that game. Also did a video of the new contrast paints from Games Workshop. Uh, a lot of folks seem to really like that video. So take a look at those if you haven't taken a look at those yet. And I just wanted to give you kind of a preview, quick, just like two minutes, uh, kind of coming attractions uh, after Gen Con. Uh, of course, I'll be covering some stuff at Gen Con, a little bit of teaser in the intro to this video. Uh, I'm going to do some kind of coverage at Gen Con. I'm not sure exactly what exactly. I'm trying an experiment. I don't want to talk about too much about it. <laughs> there may be nothing, <laughs> but we're going to see. I'm trying something a little different. I haven't done like full-blown coverage in a few years there, uh, but I think I kind of figured out a way, thanks to the Kickstarter folks for helping me out. I kind of stumbled all, up along a, a new way to do coverage that is probably a little easier. It may actually be better quality too. So we'll see how that goes. But after Gen Con, I'm going to be covering some of those games obviously that come out of Gen Con as well as some other things. So the first two things I want to mention first of all is, uh, well three things. First of all, I'm getting a copy of uh, PAX Premier Second Edition. I've had a chance to already play that a couple of times and I really enjoy it. And so I hit up the publisher for a copy for myself. A friend of mine has it. He lives a couple towns over and uh, had a chance to play it a few times with him and some other folks really like it. I want to try the solo variant uh, just to kind of give that a whirl because I listened to an interview with the solo uh, designer of the solo game and that sounded really cool. So you're definitely going to see some kind of video for that one. Uh, I've really enjoyed that. One of my favorite games so far this year. Uh, and the other thing I want to talk about is I've got a couple of games I've been like playing around with for the last couple of months really and hadn't really gotten myself into a good mental space with it. And they're kind of similar. So let's just show you what they are. So first one here is Fallout Wasteland Warfare. That's the first one, okay? And it's a miniature game, among other things. And the other one is also a miniature game. And this is uh, Joan of Arc, uh, Time of Legends. Joan of Arc is the full, review, uh, full name of that. 
And so I'm going to do some coverage of this stuff as well after Gen Con. Uh, both of these games also have a role-playing game supplement that goes with them that are more or less integrated. I'm actually waiting for my PDF of the uh, Time of Legend Joan of Arc. I don't have it for some reason, uh, but uh, I'm trying to track down a copy of that. I do have the role-playing game for uh, Fallout, Fantasy, oh, Fallout Wasteland Warfare and had a chance to read through that book. Uh, and so these are very interesting games and in where they kind of sit. Are they a board game? Are they a miniature game? Are they a role-playing game? And how can you kind of interchange with all that kind of stuff? Really fascinated by uh, these games here. So the, the two things, the PAX Premier 2nd Edition and then Fallout and Joan of Arc are going to get definitely some coverage after Gen Con. I need to spend a little bit more time with them. I've spent a lot of time playing a couple of games of Joan of Arc, a couple of games of Fallout Wasteland Warfront so far. And they are sort of a mess in a lot of ways, and they're sort of really cool and unique in a lot of other ways. So I'm really interested to try to figure out how to kind of cover these two games. Uh, the other game I'm going to be talking about, of course, is the new War Cry from Games Workshop. And uh, I just got this yesterday, so i got to put stuff together. But I like I read through the rules. I like what I'm seeing in there. So anyway, that's kind of a teaser, preview, coming attractions kind of thing. So... Now we're going to talk about my top 10 most anticipated games from Gen Con 2019 that are going to be just there for demo. And the first one is really a series of games, and these are called adventure games, and this one is called The Dungeon specifically. There's a couple other variants of this coming out. This is from Cosmos, and these are purportedly a lot like their exit games, which are basically escape room games. But they're not so much geared towards puzzle solving and mechanics, but more towards the story. So think of like a time story or something like that. So I'm always very intrigued by uh, any kind of escape room style game. I, I, I wanted to like time stories. I didn't care for it that much. But anything in this kind of box experience, this narrative experience, you can kind of get in and get out within about an hour and discovery and all that kind of stuff happens. So I like the escape room stuff, but I'm curious to see how they can kind of do that similar aspect of discovery with leaning more uh, harder on the narrative side of things. So that's the first one I'm really anticipated uh, to take a look at there. And the second game, again, these are in alphabetical order, is called Alter Quest. Now this is coming from Blacklist Games. Uh, this is designed by the Sadler Brothers who did like Warhammer Quest adventure card game and a bunch of other cool games for Fantasy Flight as well as some other games on their own now. And this one's got a lot going for it. So it's Dungeon Crawl, which is already like a strike against it really at this point. <laughs> but it does some unique and also some kind of throwback things. So instead of having modular tiles, it's got one single board that can be built in sort of a modular way. So if you think of the old Hero Quest game, it's got little passages and rooms and stuff just all over this main board, but you can kind of block off corridors and stuff. So the map itself is not going to be a bunch of digging through tiles and trying to figure out, you know, which one goes where and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a quick setup in that regard. And then it's also going to have, uh, I can't remember what that is, it's like some kind of deck system. It's not a deck building thing, but each character and villain and stuff have these different decks and the different scenarios have decks that you can kind of combine. And that's going to sort of drive uh, the game and the variability in the game as well as make setup really easy. Now, that all sounds sort of like marketing speak, but the thing that sort of hooked me in on this one is that it's using that same system from Brook City and some other fighting game. And it sounds like it's going to have some of that sort of multi-use card idea, which is going to suck me into a game uh, pretty regularly. So I like the kind of the aesthetic of it, the HeroScape board aesthetic. 
And, you know, because I've got enough games with, you know, modular tiles and stuff, and that's great. But it's cool to see them kind of go back and revisit that and see kind of the good parts of that Hero or Hero Quest board format versus the modular tile, which, you know, it's kind of been already sort of assumed that the modular tile is a better approach, just kind of taken for granted, but maybe it necessarily isn't. And I like some of the things they've had to say about that. And again, I'm looking forward to that multi-use card, uh, you know, dynamic deck system that they've got. So the third game uh, that is only going to be there for demos is actually quite a bit of a grail game for me. It's been a while since I've seen one of these crop up, and that's Catan Starfarers. Uh, now, this is the sort of a remake of Starfarers of Catan, uh, which is basically... To be glib about it, Catan in space, but this carries with it a lot of the mechanics or similarities to the mechanics in Catan Cities and Nights, which by far is my thousand percent favorite way to play Cities and Nights. Back in the late 90s or whatever it was, early 2000s, uh, I had a couple of groups of friends of mine and we played a lot of Catan, you know, obviously. And then I, you know, I kind of, I didn't really like Catan. Like that was not my gateway game. I played Catan before I played some other games, and I was like, oh, this is neat, I guess. Like it just didn't bite me. But then after I played some other games, uh, you know, then we started playing Catan Cities and Nights with the Seafarers expansion, and man, that was like that was rad to me because it was almost like you're playing a civilization game. You could like upgrade these different tech trees with the different buildings, and you use the different resources to do different uh, upgrades and stuff like that. Not just build roads and buildings and things like that, but you still had that simple core of rolling dice for resources and trading and all that kind of fun stuff with Catan. Now the Starfarers is basically that sort of system. I'm kind of ballparking it here because I've never actually played Starfarers, but just from what I've seen, it's basically that, but in space. So without the upgrade trees and like, I think you can like befriend alien races or something and all that stuff. So it's that sort of more complex, longer winded Catan that I really like, but in space. And I'm like super all into this now. Yeah. So it's Catan, but you know, I had my top 50 games of all time list a long time ago, a few months ago. And I always kind of forget about Cities and Nights because I really love that game. We're talking, it's 2019, so we're talking like 15 years ago. Um, but I never play anymore. I don't have Catan or anything, and nobody I, I know in my current groups has Catan. They all hate Catan. But I am so into, you know, looking forward to Starfarers of Catan, or Catan Starfarers in this case. It's really, you know, it's a longer game than Catan, and you don't want to play with more than like three, four players. You know, I don't think you want to play with like the five and six player expansions. But, I don't know, I really like the Cities of Night system, and if it's in space, that just makes it cooler. Uh, so the next game on the list of demo games that are going to be available at Gen Con is a game from Games Workshop called Combat Arena. Now, Combat Arena sounds like it's a lot like Gore Chosen, which was an old Age of Sigmar-themed game, which was its arena combat with these, you know, bloodthirsty warriors. But now it's set in the 40K universe, and it's going to deal a little bit more with the ranged combat. So there's nothing super hyper-strategic or anything about Gore Chosen. It's just kind of a silly fight-and-die game. And But I really enjoy it. It's got some interesting kind of card choices. Like, it, it's not... It's not dumb decisions. Like, you're making decisions and choices with the cards and things that you play and playing around with the initiative, uh, and then you're rolling tons of dice to see who wins. And this is a similar idea, but it's set in 40K. So I, I was able to play uh, Gore Chosen a lot, a lot of times. I still got the game here. And it's just a super fun kind of... Uh, 
I want to say beer and pretzels game, but I hate that phrase, so I'm not going to say that, but that's what it is. <laughs> and uh, so this is a similar idea, but it's also those models that you're going to get for Combat Arena, this is this little secret of me, is they're going to be compatible with Warhammer Quest Blackstone Fortress. <laughs> so there's like the main reason I want it. But I still really do like Gore Chosen, and I think I'll have a good time playing Combat Arena at least a handful of times, and then just throw those models in the box with Blackstone Fortress. So that is the next game there, Combat Arena. And then the next game uh, for that's just for demo is uh, Metal Gear Solid, the board game. And normally I wouldn't be super excited about it because I'm not like a Metal Gear Solid uh, fan. I've played the game. It was fine. I don't know. Not my style of video game. And uh, But the designer is Emerson Matsuuchi, and he designed Spectre Ops for Plat Hat Games, which is sort of a hidden movement uh, deduction game like Fury of Dracula or Scotland Yard. And I really enjoyed that uh, back when that came out as well. But this is actually cooperative, and it's got an AI, so players are going to be having to uh, deal with kind of a sort of a hidden movement idea there against the AI. And I'm not, it's kind of fuzzy how it works. I do like the kind of the theme of Metal Gear Solid, like a you know special black ops you know operative trying to go in and you know do some different missions and you know trying not to get caught and all that kind of stuff. And so that kind of theme and atmosphere is going to be really neat. And because basically, really on the strength of the designer, it looks like it's got in this case some modular boards to kind of you know add some variability in levels. And I'm curious how an AI would kind of work and how this is actually cooperative uh style game so i'm really intrigued by uh the metal gear solid board game and uh, the next game is actually a very very old game that's being brought back uh and sort of refreshed uh, by restoration games and this is uh return to dark tower super interested in this one now i wasn't really that keen on it uh i never actually had dark, dark tower when i was a kid i, I know a neighbor or something something had it and uh, I played it, and I remember it being kind of cool, I think. I, I remember sitting at it and, you know, hitting the buttons and the stuff would talk and you'd move around. I don't really have a strong sense of enjoying it that much. Uh, but from the, kind of the rumblings and stuff that I've heard is this is going to kind of have an app and stuff. I think you maybe, like, you put the phone into the tower or something and hook it up. But it's going to have, like, movable parts in the tower. So they're really kind of going after uh, making this tower smart and interesting and, and the physicality of the tower is going to be dynamic and all that kind of stuff so it sounds like they're spending a lot of time here uh you know trying to make a good game out of this that's a modern game and uh you know just keep the whole flair of that interesting uh tower dungeon crawl sort of thing going on and so i'm really just curious to see you know where it's at in development and you know how it's going and uh and it's just intriguing you know it's a, uh, the physical, you know, space of the tower that it takes up and the, just the presence of it uh, is going to be really interesting to see, you know, how they kind of deal with that. So that's Return to Dark Tower. Uh, the next game uh, that's going to be just for demo is a game from CGE, and this is a game called Sanctum. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, CGE put out a game that was basically like Quake or Doom, uh, the board game that I really enjoyed. So you ran around and you know you shot your opponents and they respawned at the spawn thing and you collected items just like playing doom or quake or something and it was like the board game form of that kind of first person shooter and it really worked like it was really fun and quick and strategic and and all that kind of fun stuff and it felt balanced and all that good stuff now sanctum 
is basically going to be like Diablo, the board game, where you kind of you run through and it's a it's a it's a loot and scoot <laughs> uh, dungeon crawl. You know, it's not leaning into the RPG side or anything like that. It's leaning very much into like they're trying to make Diablo a, a board game. And so that intrigues me because I had a good time with that other game, which I can't remember the name of, which kind of shows you how much I remember it. But I remember enjoying it. I played a handful of times and really liked it. Uh, somebody will comment and say what the name of the game was. But this game is more interesting to me because I'm more, you know, more into playing Diablo than Quake uh, right now in my life. And uh, so I'm just really curious how they're going to kind of pull this off and build in the video gaminess of it. Because that was the cool thing about that other game was it really felt like it leaned on and was sitting on top of a video game. It wasn't trying to represent the same thing the video game was doing. It was trying to represent the actual video game and translate video game mechanics, you know, like respawning and spawning items and all that stuff into the board game. So I thought that was a really kind of interesting approach to it. And so it'll be interesting to see how Sanctum uh, does that as well, translating video game mechanics into board game, not just taking the IP of the video game and then, you know, making it like another auxiliary item, but really taking that kind of one-to-one translation. That's kind of an interesting thing. So the next game, that was Sanctum. The next game is another Games Workshop game. Uh, This one is called Storm Vault. And this is going to be a cooperative game set in the Age of Sigmar universe. Now, this is going to sit on top of mechanics of a game that I did not enjoy from Game Workshop whatsoever. It came out last year, the year before. Uh, They had made this kind of family-driven Lord of the Rings uh, board game where you had like roll and move and all this nonsense and it was like the Fellowship of the Ring was trying to compete to get the ring instead of cooperate to get the ring and they were throwing each other into the Mount Doom and all this stuff. Like it was kind of, I didn't hate that game. That was no good. But this is taking some of those mechanics and then making it actually a cooperative game, which, okay, that's different. Because actually when I was played that game, I was like, this would be kind of interesting actually if it was a cooperative game. It was a simplistic family game. Uh, you know, but I was like, why do they do this to the theme? You know, so this one is going to be sort of the sim- similar, basic, quick, easy playing family mechanics, but a cooperative game. It's set in the Age of Sigmar universe, which I really enjoy. Obviously, it's my number one game of all time. Uh, so I'm interested to check this out and see, you know, is there actually some meat here? Did they kind of revisit this design and you know, kind of flesh it out a little bit more? Uh, so that's Storm Vault. Just going to be for demo. Uh, the next one for demo is from. Calliope Games, and this is a new addition in the Suro lineup called Suro Phoenix Rising. Uh, I'm a big fan of Suro. Uh, it comes out a fair bit at my game group, or at least it had. We were playing it there pretty solid for like a couple of years, and it was a good kind of quick filler game uh, that we would play, you know, waiting for other people to finish or whatever, wrap up the game night, we'd play some Suro. Now, I really like the one that's like Suro of the Seas with the dragons and stuff like that, because it's a little bit more chaotic and you know, why not? We're playing Suro. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be strategic here with these tiles that I have. Like, <laughs> you're just going to get screwed. So let's add some dragons in and sink stuff. So I really like Suro of the Seas. Now this has some interesting things where it looks like they got some phoenixes that are around. And I don't know exactly, but they, they're going to mess with the tile placement a, a little bit. But there's also a mechanic here to like flip around and twist tiles after they've been placed. So that kind of, you know, that bought me into it a little bit. So a couple more mechanics there to make it a little bit more interesting and maybe a little bit more dynamic, maybe strategic. Um, But I'm not really expecting high strategy from this. I'm expecting a fun filler. 
uh, for messing with people and talking smack as you get eliminated, <laughs> which is why we enjoy Zero. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to, Zero uh, Phoenix Rising. Just going to be for demo. I bet it's probably an Essen release. And the next game is the, I think this is the last Games Workshop game on here, uh, Warhammer Underworld's Dreadfane. Uh, this is just a Warhammer Underworld's game. It's it's a more of a starter set one. I'm just interested because I got everything for that, and I'd love to just add more stuff to it. This is a little bit more of a like a solo release. I think it's going to be compatible with the rest of Underworlds. I'm not sure about that. That doesn't matter to me if it is or isn't. Uh, but it'd be nice to have like a self-contained uh, box that I can take and play uh, with folks that I haven't brought out Underworlds that much really at all recently because it's just overwhelming amounts of cards and trying to build decks for other people i don't really play the play underworlds at the shop uh, but when i play it with some of my friends you know at this point i'm like i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to make these two decks balanced against each other and how this how this warband works and this other one works so it's just like kind of overwhelming to play in a casual sense uh so uh, Dreadfane would be nice to just have like a self-contained box and just say, hey, do you guys want to play Underworlds? And maybe somebody does. And then, uh, you know, we can just whip out a quick game of it without, you know, too much overhead in terms of strategic, you know, explanations and all that kind of stuff. So that's Warhammer Underworlds Dreadfane. So that is, that is the last of the demos. So now we're going to move into the top 10 uh, games that are actually going to be for sale. So... So we're back, and we're going to talk about the top 10 uh, games that are actually going to be for sale at Gen Con, at least according to the Board Game Geek uh, Geek list. So the first one, again, these are alphabetical order, no particular order, because I don't know what the heck you know they're anticipating. So I, I'm anticipating all of them. <laughs> so the first one is a, is a little bit of a risk for me. Uh, this is called Black Angel. It's from Pearl Games, and they did a, a couple games that I've enjoyed. This is a little bit more based on one I didn't enjoy, and that's Twa. Uh, this is sort of like Twa in space or Twa 2.0 in space. Uh, I've enjoyed other games that they've made for sure. Twa did not hit with me. Uh, so I expect this one may not. But, you know, like I said, Twa is one of those games like I, I played it and played it. I'm like, I don't understand why I don't like this. <laughs> so I want to try this. Maybe the theme will pull me in a little bit more and I'll be able to forget some of the things that sort of irked me about Twa or something. So I'm really looking forward to playing uh, Black Angel. Because uh, just on the strength of the designers, they've done a lot of games that I really do like. And um, so, yeah, that's it. So it's basically Twan Space. I want to kind of give that engine another crack because a lot of people really like it. I know a lot of people rank it, you know, highly in terms of the games that they've played over their lifetime. Uh, but I really want to give this one a shot. So that's Black Angel. The next one is actually a Matt Leacock game, uh, not a pandemic game. And this is called Era Medieval Age. And this has been sort of described to me as a roll and write game, but without the writing. So there's some dice rolling and stuff like that, similar to like, you know, roll through the ages maybe, but then you're actually constructing uh, your little, you know, towns or whatever with these giant blocks and things like that. So there's a little bit of, uh, you know, Tetris polyomino kind of spatial stuff going on. It looks really interesting, uh, you know, visually and stuff on the board. Although I did see a picture of a board that made it look super ugly. The board was like really yellow or something. So I hope they didn't do that. 
that was a prototype. There was some uh, question about that. I was talking to some people about that, and they were like, well, no, I think this is the final board. And I'm like, ooh, that, <laughs> that kind of knocks it off my anticipated list. But if it looks like some other earlier prototype things, I was like, well, it actually looks kind of gorgeous, you know, laid on the table. So it's kind of like a roll and write, which, you know, bores me to tears. But, uh, you know, if it's, it's got some spatial elements and things like that, not just checking things off a checklist, then, uh, then I'll be interested in it. So that's era, era medieval age. Uh, the next game that's actually going to be for sale is the expansion to Everdale, which is one of my top games from last year. Uh, the expansion is called Pearl Brook, and I'm really I'm looking forward to this because I think it's going to add some interesting elements and some dynamics and kind of refresh the game for me and hopefully my group uh, in terms of playing Everdale. Uh, I've really enjoyed Everdale. I've had a chance to play the family and, and the, the game group. The game group kind of was a little softer on it than I was, but it's a pretty easygoing. Uh, multi-use card game with the tableau building and all that kind of fun stuff really cool components and everything and uh, just a really solid game all around and so I'd like to see what Probrook does to kind of add a little bit more complexity to it a little bit more dynamics different ways to score some different strategies and approaches and that kind of stuff uh, and it looks really gorgeous too uh, along with the base game um, so I'm pretty interested to take a look at uh, at uh, Everdell the Probrook expansion and that is going to be for sale uh, the next game actually just arrived at my house yesterday, but I probably won't have a chance to play it uh, maybe the day before Gen Con I'll actually get to it. So I'm still going to count it because I haven't actually played it at the time of this video. Uh, this is another game from Cosmos. Uh, this one is called Imhotep the Duel. And this one looks really cool. Like I really enjoyed Imhotep uh, a couple of years ago with the, the lunch group at work and we played the, the bejesus out of it and uh, really had a good time with it. And so just looking at, uh, I watched a video on this a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh, I really like that game. They made a duel game out of it. And looking at the kind of the mechanics and how it flowed, I was like, yeah, this looks fun. This would be a really cool kind of duel game. You know, you've had like Seven Wonders Duel and the Agricola and the Caverna two-player games. And so this looks like it would be a good, you know, kind of fit into that sort of ballpark uh, of this kind of game. And some real good, crunchy, interesting decisions. Uh, there's another game that came out a couple years ago called Targi, I think it was called, that I had a chance to play uh, several times. Uh, that, yeah, I, I kind of like that one. That was, But this, it's a good game. I just didn't really like it kind of thing. Um, uh, so this looks like it's right in that kind of ballpark, too, if you're familiar with that, or like a, a patchwork, but you know, a little bit more going on than like a patchwork. So small box, two-player duel game. Uh, Imhotep the Duel. It looks really, really solid, good, crunchy, uh, quick, you know, half-hour two-player game. I can always use those uh, in my life. Uh, the next game, really excited about this one. A little nervous about this one. Uh, it's from Portal Games. It's called Empires of the North, which is going to basically be... <laughs> This drives me, no, it doesn't really drive me crazy. I'm going to pretend it does for the sake of the designer. <laughs> because he, the Ignacy Trevichek of uh, Portal Games, he designed like 51st State years ago. Loved it. Fantastic game. And then he kind of came out with, uh, with a new edition of it. It wasn't called 51st State. It was like, this is better. This is going to fix the problems of 51st State. I was like, okay, good. It was like Winterfall or something. I can't remember. And then he's like, and he's like, no. And then a couple years later, he came out with another game. And then he came out with Imperial Settlers, which I really liked. Uh, Imperial Settlers is, uh, I, I prefer that over 51st Day. So he came out with that it's like civilization theme and stuff like that. Although you'd think I would enjoy the Mad Max style theme because that is normally a theme I like. But I really liked how you could build your own civilization decks and all that stuff. And I've liked all the expansions. I don't think I have the the latest one, the Aztec or something. Atlantis? I don't know. Whatever the latest one, I didn't pick it up, but I need to get that one. But maybe I won't, because if Empires of the North replaces Imperial Settlers, 
be a little bit bummed because I'm gonna be like, well, I'd rather play that. But the things that I've seen that change in Empires of the North are like, yeah, <laughs> I think I would like this better if it's, you know, obviously as polished in the design and everything as Imperial Settlers is. Because the only problem with Imperial Settlers is similar to what I just mentioned with Warhammer Underworlds is when I take it to the game night, I'm like, okay, well, I built these decks for everybody. And then, oh, Billy, you, I built that Japan deck really good and it destroyed all of us. Uh, you know, and then Frankie had the Rome deck and was like, my deck was terrible. So that's a fun part of the game, but it's also to try to play in sort of a, you know, quote unquote casual sense makes it tricky because, you know, the play experience, so you can tweak the decks and stuff and if everybody's okay with it and not like has a stick, you know, uh, about it, then, you know, it's okay. Uh, but if this you can kind of get away with that with some like some drafting and some universal cards and still kind of evoke a little bit of the civilization building and stuff like that. So if you can pull that off, uh, then you know I'll be pretty excited about it. So I'm interested about it because it's a, kind of the next evolution of Ignacy's take on Race for the Galaxy, basically is what this is doing. So I'm definitely interested to try Empires of the North. And then the next game here is from Z-Man Games. Uh, it is a pandemic game, but not a Matt Leacock game. We had a Matt Leacock game that was not a pandemic game. Now we have a pandemic game that's not a Matt Leacock game. This is pandemic rapid response, but from another pretty, uh, you know, up and coming, let's call him designer, Kane Klenko, who's done a handful of games that I've really enjoyed. Uh, very smart, elegant, little efficient design, sometimes dexterity and just he works in kind of a different space, and this is why the game is on this list. This is actually a real-time game, uh, so you're kind of moving around and uh, sort of uh, trying to tamp out uh, the diseases, but in a different way, but you're kind of like flying around in a ship and stuff like that, or like a not a jet, or jet kind of thing. So you're kind of playing like a pandemic idea, but it's not like pandemic at all. Again, it's real-time and everything. And Kane has done some interesting stuff in that space, and he's always kind of like... He's just working in a different area than a lot of designers. Like you might take a diner, designer, you know, I'm just pulling this out of the air, but it's like, let's find the next iteration of worker placement or the next sort of uh, variation of uh, miniature dungeon crawl or whatever. So he's just going out like, well, what is a weird thing I can throw together and then do real time and, you know, just work in a very different space. Uh, so pandemic rapid response uh, has some interesting uh, things going on from what I've seen in the rules and everything. So I'm pretty interested to try to try that game. Uh, the next one is Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. Now, not a Power Rangers fan. I was an adult when they were, uh, you know, out, and so I don't really, I don't really know anything about Power Rangers, frankly. But from some of the stuff that I've seen, uh, in terms of the, the mechanics and things, and what's going on here, and kind of the approach they took to this, I'm very interested to see how this works. More from actually like a mechanical way than for anything Power Rangers. Uh, you know, it's interesting. So they took this IP and they kind of built like this pseudo cooperative slash dungeon crawl. So it's not a dungeon crawl, but it has sort of some, some trappings of that a little bit because you're going to like fight a boss at the end of each scenario, but it's more of a dungeon crawl or a co-op kind of thing. Think of like the Thanos game that came out uh, last year where you're kind of moving people around in a little bit more of an abstract space than a real physical space. And then you've got to deal with some kind of Power Ranger boss. 
Um, and so I've heard some from some folks that have tried this, and there's some good rumblings about uh, how the game actually works. So, and it looks, it looks, the production's great, and, you know, Renegade usually does a good job on the production and everything. So, I kind of expect this to be an interesting game. The Power Ranger thing is really something that would, might, uh, you know, turn me off. I don't, I'm just ambivalent about Power Rangers. I don't know. I know there's a lot of uh, people that, you know, grew up in the 90s as a kid and really like Power Rangers still. Uh, so, that's interesting. But, um, yeah, I'm just kind of interested. Just, just someone's a curiosity about this one. Just because of the, the, the approach and the design approach and all that stuff that they're really trying to take. So that's Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. And then we've got another one from Spin Master. And I think Spin Master were the folks that were responsible for that Thanos game I just mentioned. Uh, but this one's called Sinister Six. And so what this is, is actually the Spider-Man villains, Dr. Octopus, Electro, Venom, uh, the Hobgoblin, and all that stuff. And so they are, you are taking the role of the villains and playing against Spider-Man. And so that right away is basically the reason it's on the list. Uh, I know they've got some good pedigree with taking some of these licenses and making a, at least a decent game out of it. Uh, and so this is a really interesting approach to me to have, you know, taking on the role of villain, trying not to get taught uh, caught by Spider-Man, who is the uh, antagonist in this case. Um, so that's that's the main thing. You know, it's got some good kind of pedigree and some some good kind of buzz around this uh, design house, and then an interesting kind of twist on the Spider-Man theme of fighting against Spider-Man. You know, trying to do crimes and stuff like that. So that's Sinister Six. That's got me interested. It's got a real interesting art style, look and feel as well, which I like. Um, but yeah, so that's Sinister Six there. And then we've got another one here from Capstone Games and designer Matthias Kramer. And I've liked games from Capstone Games. I've liked games from Matthias Kramer. And this one's called Watergate. And frankly, if I had a kind of a number one most anticipated game of Gen Con, it would be Watergate. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's so I've watched uh, sort of a playthrough or rules overview of it, I should say. And a lot of people say, well, it's like Twilight Struggle in 30 minutes. And when I watch the rules, and I'm like, no, doesn't feel like it. Uh, and I think they want to say that because it's sort of a political thing, and it's sort of a Cold War era thing, and it's also like got some card play, and it's got some kind of tug of war going on on the board. But to me, this is enough of a departure from that style. It's like you've got like 13 Days, the Cuban Missile Crisis, and some other games. Those feel like Twilight Struggle you know, in 30 minutes. This feels like, okay, it's a card-driven game in 30 minutes, but I don't feel anything like Twilight Struggle, but that's what has me interested in it. Because it has this interesting idea of the president, you know, the person in power, and then a journalist on the other side of it. And the journalist is building, like, routes to sort of, uh, you know, they're in, they're in goal. They're trying to uncover the wrongdoing and expose the corruption of the person in power. And so they're, they're building leads and stuff in a somewhat abstract way on this board through some kind of like route building and stuff like that. But there's some real interesting dynamics going on here, I think, with the mechanics of this game. Uh, just from purely, so take all the water game, the political stuff out of it, which makes it more, way more interesting because it's, it's just got that kind of charged uh, clandestine type of theme. But just the mechanics of that, of sort of abstracting the uncovering of information and stuff that you want to keep hidden from the public. So that, that sort of concept in an abstract way 
also makes uh, makes makes it more interesting to me. So I'm really excited about this game, uh, Watergate, and uh, the Watergate thing as a whole is a whole fascinating uh, period of time as well, um, and just you know how that sort of unraveled over time as well. So you know it's got kind of both angles kind of working for me, but also I think just the mechanics seem really interesting as well. So that's Watergate from Capstone, and then the last game in my ten anticipated games that will be for sale, as well as my overall 20 games that I am anticipating, is first I have to confess, I have a dirty secret. I really enjoy Zombicide Green Horde. I don't really talk about that game, I think I mentioned it in a podcast. Uh, I picked it up uh, a couple years ago, painted the minis, I really wanted to get the minis for um, for Warhammer, for Age of Sigmar, because the zombie minis in Age of Sigmar uh, drive me a little crazy because they're only, first of all, they're only human. I'm going to do a tangent here. I'll come back to it. They're only human. And so Green Horde had zombies that were like orcs. And I'm like, why can't, you know, other races be zombies too? So I got it for that reason. And I'd also had heard that the new, the medieval zombie side, the Black Plague and the Green Horde especially, were really a lot better than the original zombie side. I had the original zombie side, you know, shortly after it had come out originally and played it and I really, I was into, into The Walking Dead at the time, I was like, I really wanted to like it. And ugh, I did not like the original zombie side. It was just, the scenarios were out of balance and it was just, that was the main problem really, was the scenarios out of balance. I thought the system, I was like, God, there's something here. It was very frustrating. It, was, it seems like a very, you know, it's simple, it's straightforward, it's a, it's a good co-op idea, but it just wasn't executing, it wasn't hitting for me. So I just was like, eh, zombie side, they're just selling minis, you know, the whole thing. And then, so I heard rumblings that, um, you know, the Black Plague was really good. That's actually interesting. And they, were, they had really kind of refined the system. So I picked up the Green Horde. And I was like, whoa, this is really fun. This is a really good co-op. And, you know, the scenarios that I've played of it are really cool. And it has the good kind of, the good co-op thing, you know. The, the good pandemic thing where you've got spawns and, and things that, that are just happening you're kind of like putting out fires and trying to set yourself up in such a way to prevent fires from ever starting and being real tactical and spatial on the board it has all that kind of fun stuff going for it and uh you know it's fun i got all the minis painted and everything and it's really cool to set up and play so and then i wasn't really super interested in invaders zombie side invader which is the game that i'm talking about and i was like oh it's in space zombie side in space Okay, because it's just aliens. But then I watched a review of it. I was like, oh, I'm curious about this. And uh, I think somebody had backed the Kickstarter. And I watched it, and I'm like, oh, dang it. This seems like it's probably better than Green Horde, mechanically. Because it's got some extra little elements and stuff in there. So, anyway, that's my last game. <laughs> Zombie Side Invader. Because I really have enjoyed Green Horde. I haven't picked up Black Plague yet. I still want to pick up Black Plague. and kind Because you can combine Black Plague with Green Horde. So I want to do that anyway. So I do at least want to go check out Invader. And, and, and see if it's, it, you know, as fun as I think it's going to be. Um, but I really want to try Invader and stuff. The sci-fi theme to me is sort of like, okay, zombie side in space. Okay, you know. But after watching that video, I was like, okay, that seems all right. Whatever. It's zombies anyway. Who gives, who gives a rat? You know. So, <laughs> yeah. So this that one seems really fun. And uh, it seems like just having played Greenhorn several times and watching the video of, of Invader, I was like, hmm. That seems good, you know. Sometimes you can just tell. Uh, so yeah, so that's my top uh, 10 games that are for sale. And I just did the top 10 that will be for demo. 
Uh, I hope to see you guys at Gen Con. I will be floating around. I'll be doing some kind of coverage. It may end up being like Instagram photos or it might be some video stuff. I've got a system set up to try and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I've done some experimenting in the room and uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I've, uh, Gen Con's fun. It's my favorite convention of the year. And uh, if you don't catch me at the vendor hall, I will be in the BGG hotness room and I will be wandering around and don't be afraid, of course, of just saying hello and uh, and all that fun stuff. And maybe we can get a game in together. Probably not because, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, it's busy. <laughs> but, you know, if you're sitting there, I won't be afraid to play a game. If you're playing something I'm interested in, then I'll, I'll be happy to play uh, or at least chat with you for a few minutes. Okay. So have a good week and take care and be safe on your travels. And if you're not going to Gen Con, uh, you know, be safe as well. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, after, uh, after I get back. So thanks. 